Hello, Gasheads, and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I'm your host, Nino, and joining me this evening is Mr. Max Alderson. Good evening. Good evening. And friend of the pod, Mike Willett. Good evening, lads. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Good. So, yeah, unfortunately, for one reason and another, we are not at the Sporty this week, the usual stomping ground. Uh, We are back on the old Zoom. Uh, So we will see how this goes. But it's been about three weeks or so since the last episode. Um, And since then, obviously, the transfer window has shut and the Gas have played three games, uh, obviously the draws against Shrewsbury and Morecambe, and then the defeat to Ipswich last night. Uh, so on the agenda for this one is thoughts on the squad after the window shut, uh, a look back at those last three fixtures, particularly focusing on the absolute bin fire that turned into last night's match. Uh, the club rebrand, we'll have a little chat about that as well, and then also preview uh, this weekend's upcoming clash with Lincoln at the Mem. So... We will get straight into it. And I've got a question here. We'll start with this one from Lucy Ford, who says, out of all of you, who would like to be Saturday's centre-back? Uh, Max, you're a, you're a defender, aren't you? You could do, um, yeah. do a job, do you reckon, next to, next to someone? I've got a bruised rib at the minute. I can't step in. I'm, in, I'm on the injury bench with a lot of them. Um, some absolute uh, monster of a, of a centre-mid decided to drive his knee into my rib and get none of the ball and wiped me out and uh, didn't even get booked. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm on the sidelines. But if I were fit, um, no, I wouldn't like to give it a go. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a right back. I, I like to get forward. And um, Well, Luke has given it a go, so, you know. Yeah. Well, do your bit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I can't really head a ball, so I don't think I'd be any good, to be honest, mate. All right, yeah, and I'm five, I'm 5'10", so I'm probably not, not your centre-half. I'm not, I'm not your old school centre-half, sadly. So it probably rules me out as well. All right. Yeah, the uh, the bloke who um the bloke who clattered you the other the other day, Max, how did you describe him? Um built like Richard Osman. Yes. Yes. But six but foot three, who... six foot three and bottom heavy, I'd say. <laughs> yes. That's how I like to describe anyone who clatters me like the uh, the, the co-host of a game show. <laughs> uh, perfect. Um so yeah, Max, uh so I asked you on the last pod whether there was any panic or concern uh, on your part after the defeats to Barnsley and Pompey. Um, at the time, I remember you saying that you were, you know, kind of quite calm and not getting you know, overreacting to those results, given who we were playing and that sort of stuff. Um, so three games later, obviously, we're now winless in six, I think it is, in all competitions. Um, has your thoughts changed on that at all? Sort of how are you feeling uh, after those three matches? A um, little bit. A little bit worried, but um, generally the same. I think keep calm and carry on. Um, trust the process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all the cliches. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's still early days, and we've yeah we've had two disappointing home games. Shrewsbury in particular was really disappointing. Um, I just I just felt like we were completely ineffective there, and we got outdone tactically by yeah a bit of a dirty rolling around time wasting side, but they did a number on us and they, they probably should have won that game. So yeah, really frustrated with that one. Um, the Morecambe game, um, a frustrating result, but I was pretty happy with how we played as we're going to talk about. Um, and if we play like that, most games will be all right. And um, yeah, I, th- I think generally looking at, at, at the last few away games, we've had Barnsley away, Ipswich away and Pompey away. And those are probably the three hardest that we're going to have. And, you know, in a couple of weeks we've got, Sheffield Wednesday away and Derby away. So I just want to get those out of the way, to be honest. They're all kind of dead rubber aways that we're never in their current state really going to get much out of. So get them out of the way and then we can kind of, you know, have a few more winnable away days and hopefully we'll start to pick up some more points. But yeah, the home form's not great. And that's that's a bit of a worry. But um, I, I think on the balance of how we play and how we attack, I, I'm still confident we'll pick up points. And I think the group is strong enough to um, to kind of weather the storm a little bit and then uh, kick on once once the injuries stabilise and um, we get a few results under our belt. So yeah, generally I'm fine. But yeah, there's a lot of games to play in there at this stage. So I do largely agree with what you just said, but something that I was going to bring this up later on actually, but something that is annoying me a little bit at the moment is this feeling that we can, we just there's absolutely no way that we can go and compete with these sides. Like I'm especially thinking about the Barnsley game, where we went there. I remember before the game, everyone was like, "This will be a really tough game. Be delighted with the point, etc." I probably agreed at the time. 
we obviously went there, made them look like, you know, Pep's Barcelona. They just absolutely destroyed us on the night. Um, and I thought, yeah, these are absolute class side. We were never going to go there and get anything. And then the game after that, they lost 3-0 at home to Wickham. And then last night, they drew 1-0 at home to Port Vale. And Port Vale are a side who I'd like to think we can be, you know, that sort of level, if not a little bit better than this season. Um, Ipswich, I definitely think, you know, top of the league, flying. Yeah, probably not going to go there and get anything. But there just feels like this, going into games like that, this feeling around the club that, we're little old Bristol Rovers. How are we ever going to go there and compete? And I just, it's just, it's annoying me a little bit because we are in the same league as them. Yeah, okay, they've got more money. They've spent more money. But Barton's coming out after these games and essentially now saying, well, you know, look how much money they spent in the summer. How are we ever going to compete? Whereas back in the summer, he was going, oh, you know, we're going to go to these places, have a right old go, bloody a few noses. And the whole mood seems to be like, well, you know, what are we meant to do? And it's just, it's... Yeah, it's just annoying me, basically. Um, so, I mean, Mike, I've seen a range of opinions online. Uh, there's people who at one end are kind of saying, look at last season. Uh, we started slowly. Obviously, it turned out all right in the end. So don't panic yet. It'll all be fine. And then there's other people going, well, we're not winning winnable home games and we're losing to the sides around the top. So that's not a good combination. So how... How are you feeling, basically, on that scale? Like, where are you sitting at this point? Um, you know, I think, I think maybe before the season began, I think a lot of us might have felt that you know we might surprise a few people this season. And I think, yeah, we've got to learn the lessons from last season to some extent. We started really poorly, um, possibly worse than this. And um, and you know, I think I think there's been times already this season where we've we've actually looked all right. But we've not quite. We just haven't quite delivered. We have just haven't scored in the moments that last season we were just finding ways to win. We haven't quite done it this season, as of yet. I I, I am concerned because even though we kind of we look at the teams near the top of the league or the bigger teams in the league, and we kind of we can write them off. But it is a shame that, it, and it is concerning. I think that we've been sort of we barely laid a glove on them really. Um, I think last night Ipswich was a tough one. I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, yeah, that was probably we could probably write that one off. And and on another day, we might have got lucky and Evans's shot goes in off the post or something. Suddenly, it becomes a different game. But it just it, it is concerning. But it is early days. There's only eight games played. I think that the only thing for me is I think the two games we won, we had the the freak sort of game against Burton where. They had a bloke sent off straight away. We scored from the free kick. I mean, that was that was just perfect for us. And then e- even the Oxford game, which was, you know, really good performance, not taking anything away from it, but it was the extreme heat. It just felt that whoever was going to go one nil up in that game was going to probably win, go on to win it. It just felt like one of those sort of matches. But overall, um, I'm not panicking yet. But it's concerning that we can seem to, to lay a glove on teams at the top, particularly when we have spent a bit of money ourselves. But um, yeah. we'll see. I, I think we I think we'll improve. Yeah. So we obviously asked for questions like we do before most episodes. Uh, Max, we had one from Richard George, who says, "When does Barton become under pressure?" I assume you, like myself, feel that we're quite a even though we're on a little bad run at this patch. I feel you know we're quite a way off that at the moment, aren't we? Really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, there's obviously people starting to ask questions of, is he up to it at this level, um, given his abysmal record with us before um, in, in League One when he took over and how we've started poorly last season, how we've started poorly again this season and where do you draw a line? And um, I, I think with Barton, his we'll have to see on a, f- a few of the signings because we've signed all these injured players and you have to hope that when Gibbons is back and when Gibson is back and when Coburn is fit and playing, that we'll look at a much stronger side. Um, so, But it does frustrate me that to have a, a decent side, we have to sign these players with injury problems and attitude problems. Um, I just don't buy that narrative. Other clubs seem to do fine. Um, so I don't see why we, we have to get all the, like the, the problematic, um, you know, castaways of football to to kind of build a money ball side you know like the ones who are overlooked by the stats and the and everything who oh we don't want him he's injured oh we don't want him he's got an attitude problem i don't see why 
that's how we have to operate. You know, when other clubs on our budget or less than budget seem to seem to sign decent players who who can stay fit. But um, so, you know, suppose, I, yeah, so, sorry, sorry, Max, sorry, to jump in. I, I um, you know, I th- I do agree with you. I think the um, like I know Ipswich are kind of they're in a they are almost in another league to be fair. Um, but they're I think their left back cost them like a million. I think it was a million and and ours was we picked him up from Brentford's youth team. You know, he's never played a professional game in his career. (laughs) It's kind of, that's the sort of, um, that's the sort of gap we got to try and bridge, but you're right. I think we are trying that kind of money ball sort of, you know, we got, we're just trying to find the ones that no one else is is looking at, but whether we're happy with that, I don't know, but it might take us a few years to, to get to the level that we, we aspire to. I don't know. Yeah, going back to, to Barton as well and when does he become under pressure, I think for me, we'll have to see where we are um, December. I think that's probably the good indicator. You know, last year we were saying oh, he has he has 10 games to hit the ground running in League Two and he didn't um, at all. And we still gave him another 10 games. Um, and then it was Christmas and I was still saying, get rid of the bloke. You know, we're 16th. This is nowhere near good enough. Um, but the January window, as we saw, turned our season around. Um wasn't just Elliot Anderson; it was James Connolly as well. Um, so there were a few few names there who who we brought in who massively turned us around. And you can't deny, love him or hate him, that Barton has got pulling power in the market, and he signs players that other managers absolutely couldn't. I don't think if we had another manager, we would have had a hope in hell of getting Elliot Anderson last season. Um, so he definitely has pulling power in the market. Um, we'll have to see. Like I said, there's a there's probably three or four signings we've made, and we've barely seen in a Rover shirt this season. Um, and we'll have to see how it how that pans out if and when they get fit. Um, and yeah, I, I'd probably give them. We'll see where we are at Christmas, but so long as we're it, there's enough breathing space between us and the drop zone, then I I wouldn't see any reason in in, in changing things up if if he's got the January window ahead of him as well. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so that's a nice link on to the first bit then. So I do want to chat about the, the transfer window because um, even though it shut a couple of weeks ago, we've not done a pod since then. So it'd be interesting to get some sort of general thoughts on that. Um, so will it come into you first? Scale of one to 10, um, rate our summer transfer business from your perspective. Um, I'll probably go, I'll probably go uh, six and a half. Uh, I don't mean that to be harsh, but I, I guess I would probably try and judge it after I've seen. We like, like Max said, we've we've barely seen half of them. It is a shame that, you know, I don't know where Gibson's gone, so he's just sort of disappeared. We got, you know, Colburn. I, I know that he's, I, in a way, I, I I can I think that's a good that could be a good signing because it's one that Barton probably realizes that actually this is a long season. He's going to really play his part later in the season when actually. Um, right now we've 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 got Ryan Loft so um although he disappeared last night so what's what's going on but I think yeah it's it's tricky it was a, I, I you know obviously McCormick was quite a coup for us to, to get him back um we spent a bit of money on him obviously Connolly as well he's disappeared um so it's I think we just gotta we just gotta give it a bit of time I think um I, I like the type of players we're trying to bring in young got their careers ahead of them um, yeah, I think Marquis is a good signing. Actually, I know he's he's more experienced, but we we need that. And I, I know he hasn't quite hit the ground running, but um, I think we're trying to get him to play slightly differently to how he normally plays. I, I watched a video on YouTube from a Portsmouth fan, and they said they couldn't believe how much running around he did because he never did that for them. But he is, I, you can sort of tell he's got that sort of wily old fox style centre forward. He's just. I think he could be a really good player for us when once he really settles in. But um, that that's the thing. I and mean, it happened last season. We signed a load of players, and it just takes a bit of time. Um, and it hasn't been a disaster so far. We just hasn't been as we'd like. But six six and a half out of ten, I'd say for now. All right, Max, coming to you then. Give me your your rating. Yeah, six out of ten for me. Um, just standard, really. We've for me the biggest thing has been centre backs. Uh, the lack of experience there is a worry for me, um, but also just how injury prone the, the signings we've made have been uh, across the whole back line, really Gibbons as well as Gibson. Um, I think the Connolly one's unlucky. You know, he played a lot of games for us last season and seemed fine. Um, that's just a bit of bad luck. But um, yeah, I mean, for us to for us to be this short on centre backs and for, for one or two suspensions to suddenly 
have us have no centre backs available is um, really poor. Um, I would have liked Mind us. You, sorry to jump in, but you think second half of last season we were we had Taylor and Connolly. That was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. We we that, massively that we massively rode our luck with that last season. Yeah, either one of those got injured, we were screwed. Like we were, we we had no one who could play there. No. Um, and I, I don't like how how thin we've been on that. I mean, it took us till deadline day to get um, Bobby Thomas in, and before that, we literally just had uh, Connolly was out, so we had Kilgore and Gibson, and Gibson was injury prone and and in and out the side. So we were so thin, and it wasn't until deadline day where we got Thomas in that we kind of looked a little bit more assured and. For me, that would have been the first thing I would have done in the summer is go get, you know, when we went up last time under Daryl Clark to League One, first thing he did was go get Peter Hartley. Just oh, get man. just get someone like that. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be a world beater. Just an experienced head at, at the back who can come in and do a job when when you're short or when you need a bit of a bit of a wise head there. And I'm just worried that we don't have that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's coming back to bite us a bit. So for me, yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly happy with the centre-backs situation. Um, I think... We probably oversubscribed ourselves in central midfielders. I don't really know with everyone fit where Rossiter fits in um, too much. Now we've got McCormick. I think maybe we thought we weren't going to get McCormick, so we got Rossiter, and now we've got both. Um, the complete lack of wingers as well is, is a worry um, to only get Jasper in. Um, yeah, it just it just feels like we we haven't really replaced the quality we had last season. Obviously, we're never going to get Elliot Anderson, but you would have thought we would have got replacements for, for for Thomas and um Nicholson and uh yeah I, I guess Bobby Thomas is is um uh, Connor Taylor's replacement but yeah we, we do seem a little bit um weaker so for me there was a bit more to be desired um and like I said before just the the fact that we've brought in players who are either injury prone or attitude problems or whatever maybe not on attitude problems but like you know it, it just always seems to be something about the signings as why is he playing for us? Oh, because of this. And it's, 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 yeah, it's not really ideal, but. It, maybe this is the new, the, the new style of football never seen before in this country. Instead of like other clubs, not, not playing a number nine, we just play zero center halves now for the rest <laughs> of the season. We're just all at attack. We don't, you know, we, we basically got Bells, Bells was a center half pretty much. So. Just yeah, a, fl- no, we'll, a fluid we'll back zero. Yeah, exactly. Try it. The furthest attacker back drops back into defence and everyone else just stays forward. Yeah. and just... Rush back goalkeepers. Surely yeah, that's, yeah. Uh... Yeah, why not? Um, I Yeah, Max, the, the thing you said about signing a load of injury-prone players, I think is bang on. So I remember going through the window. Who was the first one we signed? I think it was out of this lot, maybe Gibbons. And Gibbons, obviously, we got from Vale. And uh, Vale fans were all saying, you know, they were gutted to lose him because of the quality he is, but they were all saying, but that he can't stay fit. And, you know, he's come in, come in, got injured. He's out for a couple of months or so. Gibson, Sheffield Wednesday fans were saying, yeah, like class player, but not bothered we haven't got him again because he can't stay fit. As you said, will it? He's disappeared. Uh, Rossiter, there's a Twitter page called Is Jordan Rossiter Injured? And it was started by a Rangers fan, I think, who pretty much every month or so while he was at Rangers tweeted yes and then put details of the latest injury he had at the time. So that says everything about Rossiter. Obviously, all three of those are out at the moment. Um, There's also Grant. Grant, who, I mean, Josh Grant, where has he gone? Are we ever going to see him play again? Who knows? Harry Anderson broke his toe last night. I mean, there are definitely some unlucky ones as well, like Mm. Harry Anderson, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. But also we did sign a load of players where there were big warning flashing lights above their head saying, I cannot stay fit. I cannot mm. stay fit. And we it, just were it, like, hey, come over here. We've got we've got a good physio who, you know, you can go and sit with them and they'll sort you out. And they're all just packed into this physio room together now. And the physio is probably looking around thinking, where the hell do I start? You know, it's just a mess. It, it would be like if if somebody had signed, say, Josh Grant off of us in the summer, we'd be saying yeah. he's a good player if he stays fit and you know yeah. the, the warning signs are there you just kind of know they're yeah. not going to so when, when fans say that about other players that they're, they're you know it's a shame to see him go but it's um but then i guess that's that's kind of who we're expecting to sign i, I guess i don't know maybe my expectations are a bit lower but we've it, signed, you know, it's the market we're in i guess we've signed 10 players uh four on loan six permanent um and yeah, I mean, if you really want to be a, a dickhead about it and be ultra critical about everyone, you can say, yeah, John Marquis had, had a terrible record last season, 
um, was told he wasn't going to score goals at this level. Lewis Gordon, no senior football. James Gibbons, injury prone. Jordan Roster, injury prone. Luke McCormick, two relegations. James Connolly, can't fault the lad. Uh, Lewis Gibson, injury prone. Josh Coburn, injured. Sylvester Jasper, didn't exactly tear it up at Colchester last year. Um, Bobby Thomas, no senior football. So yeah, you can go through all of them and be like, oh yeah, there's just something wrong with each and every one of them. If you that's, a, that's a six out of 10 window for you, is it? <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to be a dickhead about it. You know, I, I, okay. I, I'm just, yeah. If you really want to be one of those picking, picking fault in every signing, yeah, you could. Um, and no signing's perfect. And who are we kidding with Bristol Rovers? But yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me is the injury prone. I don't really care if a player's got no senior minutes. If they're good enough, they're old enough. Elliot Anderson had no senior minutes. He fucking tore the league up. So yeah, no complaints for me there. Um, and McCormick, I really, really rate. And I, yeah, I think he's going to be a good player for us. Um, it's just the injury prone ones that's just like... I, I think the funniest one was was Coburn in a way in that we, we've signed him injured already. Like we know this is already he's injured. It's just cut, uh, cutting out the middleman, isn't it? It's this is the middleman of having to watch him play <laughs> yeah. two or three games before. This is injured. different. Just, we, just bring him in injured and just. We normally try and pretend we don't ever normally disclose that he got injured, injured injuries, but um, yeah. Oh well, well, we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. I, we will be fine. I just kind of feel like. If you can take a gamble on, you know, one guy maybe who's who's class but but injury prone, like a John is, Nolan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can t- you can take a gamble on one, but like you said, we put in ten and three of them are injury prone and one of them's injured and just like, and they're all out. It's just like, I mean, what did we and, expect? And these aren't you know, like these aren't like squad players. These are players who are supposed to be key starting eleven players. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it just feels to me like. I, I, it's it's like three combs Dennis like all those years a few years ago however much it was it's like a player can be a player can be great if they're not fit and they can't play they're not great because they can't do anything for you like surely you, I'd, I'd rather a six out of ten player who can play every week like Gordon at left back who's not exactly torn the world up but at least he's been there every game and he's not really done much wrong not done anything great but he's playing he's available rather, yeah I'd rather a couple of those at centre back who would at least you know be there and playing and yeah than than players on the injury bench and I have no doubt that a few will come good I think Gibbons will be great for us if when he gets back if he can stay fit um but you know yeah it's just it's just frustrating it's very frustrating and it does feel like all of our all of our chickens have come to roost at once you know it's it's like it's all the house of cards have just fallen down and we've, we've I missed the cliche tonight on that I was gonna say I'm <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's, just, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, well, you know me, mate. I'm exactly what I say on the tin. So, <laughs> right, let's um, let's move on to the Ipswich game last night. Then, um, unfortunately, we probably do have to talk about it a little bit. So, few stats for you: possession, sixty-four percent for them, thirty-six percent for us. Shots, twenty for them, five for us. Shots on target, seven for them, three for us. XG, 1.49 for them, 0.23 for us. Saves, their keeper made three, belly made five. Um, so coming to you first then, will it? Um, obviously, like we said earlier, we all expected this to be a tough game. As you said, they spent one million on a left back in the summer, uh, which was more than all the fees we spent over the summer combined, probably times two or something like that. Uh, they got a squad packed full of you know, ex-championship players. I was looking through it on Wikipedia earlier and, and it's a bit of a joke, to be honest, for a League One squad. So, yeah, I mean, overall thoughts on the performance, really? Just there was a big golfing class, wasn't there, from start to finish, to be honest? Yeah, to, yeah, to be honest. I mean, it was, it, was, it was tough to watch in a way. I mean, that first half was, they just sort of, they they could have been four or five nil up, uh, you know, at times. And then, But even then, there were there were moments when we, you know, I think Evans hit a post in the end, right at the end of the first half. And you thought, blimey, if we could have gone in at one all or something, you know, that that'd have been, you know, robbery. But that's football. You know, we. What I do like about the team is that we do have some match winners within the squad. And whilst the performance last night was really us on the back foot, having to soak up loads of pressure, there's always an Evans moment in the game. You know, he just swings that right foot. It, he's got a chance and. There ain't many teams with players like that. Um, even you know Collins, you know, bit turn of pace, gets defenders running the other way. Um, there's always Colnick, a chance. Like looked quite bright in a few moments as well. He's obviously not fully fit yet, but there was a moment in the middle of midfield where he got past the ball, had two Ipswich men right up his backside, and he turned them both and sort of got away from him. And you can yeah. see he's going to be good. 
yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think you know that there were there were some encouraging signs against the side. I was saying to my dad last night that it kind of felt like a bit of a free hit, really. And I'm sure we'll get on to, to Lincoln on Saturday, but those are the games that really we we've really got to. I mean, like the Morecambe game, really that we we really got to be trying to win those those ones. Ipswich away, you know, I feel, like I said on, on another night we could have got a bit lucky and and one of the you know Evan scores that effort it's one all and suddenly it's a completely different game. So their fans get on their players' backs and, you know, but they were excellent. I mean, the, the way that they pass the ball around the back and, you know, we try to press like we do, it just makes you realise that the gap in class between your Ipswich towns of this world and your, you know, um, Sutton United and Sutton weren't a bad side, but the, the difference in class is, uh, is vast. Um, and we're learning that uh, each week by the looks of it. So, yeah, I thought their first goal last night was so good. I just remember it was almost back to finish move, cut straight through us, cut across, and the finish from Chaplin. I thought looked brilliant all night. He's just such a good player, you know. Just yeah, it was class. Yeah, yeah. When that goal went, and I tweeted something like, "Great goal from a great side. What can you do?" Like, and then I, I got a hundred interactions on that tweet. Like people replying. Saying, oh, great! We're in League One. Uh, 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 uh. We shouldn't like be looking up to these teams and thinking they're beyond. Well, they are. They're like they're way better than us. <laughs> it took us apart. They were like a Championship side, and we were still kind of League Two side kind of form. And it's yeah, it was they were just a level above. And like sometimes you have to just be like, well, yeah, yeah. Could Kilgore have cleared it? Probably, but like that was one of like I think on the oh, they're from kickoff that they had, we had, they we had to clear it off the line because they just attacked us. <laughs> from the off and put it across mm-hmm. the ball. They had another one which um, hit hit one post, went across the goal line and went out and had to be cleared off of um, off of the byline. It was just, yeah, it was a lot. I completely missed that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Very early on. They could have been two up within five minutes. And yeah, like when they blur, scored on 20 minutes, first. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what What can you do? You know, they're, all they're the Ipswich attacks just merged into one, to be honest, <laughs> at some point. Yeah. It's all, yeah, you know. And, and um, I think that is, that is quite, I mean, you know, we have to, give this a bit of time I think that kind of getting promoted into a new league and I think because we're so used to being a league one club over the years I think we've just we just assumed like we're back in league one we should be automatically mid-table you know pushing on again but it's going to take a bit of time I think um you know and I'm I'm not one to you know if I if I I'm not a huge fan of Barton, so I will. I would find reasons to, <laughs> to criticise, but to, you know, got to give him credit. I've got to give him a bit of time. I'm, I'm normally, I'm always one for sticking with managers. I just think we just got to give this a little bit of time. Yeah, give the players a bit of time to settle in. Yeah, and like this isn't what this isn't our bread and butter, is it? That's not where we're going to get the bulk of our points. Is not going to be at Barnsley away, at Switch away, Pompey away. Um, that's the three of our four away games. The other away game, Burton, we won. Like we got Cheltenham away coming up. We've got a few winnable away games. We've got a few tough ones as well, as I said earlier. But you know, we haven't really seen how we how we've done on the road against the sides around us. Um, we've only seen us at home against um, Shrewsbury and, and Morecambe. One of those we should have won. The other one we were way off it. But you know, I think largely we'll be fine. We just need to. Yeah, it's just all all of our bad fixtures, all of our tough fixtures away from home seem to come at once. So it is a bit of a rut at the minute. And it feels like. God, my heart does go out to those who who travel all that way on a Tuesday night and and got back at two three in the morning um, in in the pouring rain. But like, yeah, it couldn't be me certainly at the minute. Um, it just makes me look at these away games and be like, not not going to that because it's it's just going to be too too far beyond us at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I turned my iPhone off. I shut my laptop lid down on 80 minutes. Didn't even see the two red cards at the end. I didn't know they had happened until my dad texted me saying, shame about the two reds. And I was like, hey, what What two reds? So, yeah, I mean, fair play to everyone who, A, went and B, stayed until the end because, yeah, you you are a better man or woman than I. Um, so I had a question from John Cosolino who says, does Barton need to think about setting us up similar to Shrewsbury for bigger away games and swallow a little pride by doing so? Um, I thought that was an interesting question. So I guess he means how Shrewsbury came to the mem and sort of sat back, packed everyone behind the ball and hit us on the break. Whereas I think, will it, like you said last, um, sorry, said earlier, it felt like last night we did try and press it switch a little bit. It wasn't like we stuck everyone behind the ball. There were times where we did try and get in their faces and they were so good that they would knock it through us. And suddenly they'd be in on our back four because they'd bypassed our midfield. So 
do you think that in games like last night, we probably need to forget the side, the dominant side we were last season and go, all right, we, we, we're not going to win a game like that. We're going to have to be a bit more pragmatic. Yeah, I think we're probably you know learning that each week now where I think, yeah, last season, it didn't matter who we faced. We were always that we always expected to to be able to bully teams if we if we really because we would have really believed that we were we were good enough to do so. And I think maybe there's a little bit of arrogance from Barton and others that think, oh yeah, we can go to Ipswich and play our game and and you know and pinch something. But that is a concern, I think, um, from Barton is that I'm not sure he knows how to set a team up to play like Shrewsbury. I mean, to be fair to Shrewsbury, they they created loads of chances, probably could have been, they probably could have scored three or four against us had it not been for Belshaw that day. But I think, yeah, I think to be a bit streetwise, know, know that in games like the Ipswich, you know, those those types of games away from home, I, I would have quite liked us to, to have been really defensive and just try and frustrate the hell out of them. But we did, you know, step out. We did try and play a bit of football, and it probably was our undoing in the end. But um, I also don't mind. I mean, if this is like, say, we're a few months down the line, and actually we're really starting to tick, and it's because of this, it's because of going through this pain now that we start to see some benefit in the future. Then, then I'm all for it, obviously. So there is a bit of bit of trade off. Maybe we need to suffer now for the uh, for the glory later on but we'll, we'll have to see I guess part of me kind of wonders whether in a way Barton's kind of backed himself into a corner with this because how many times I mean especially the start of this season has he come out after a home game and said so and so are anti-football so and so just wanted to kill the game and weren't interested in playing and and now part of me thinks well is he like can he now go away to a game and basically set us up to do the same thing because he's just going to look like the biggest hypocrite in the world, basically. You know, if he's if he's slagging everyone off who comes to the mem and does that, then is he then going to say to his side, right, lads, we're going to go there, kill the game, play on the counter, frustrate the crowd? You know, I almost feel like there's a pride element to him where he doesn't want to watch his side be that team. Mm-hmm. So he, he won't set us up to do that. Whereas, yeah, I don't know, maybe it is the right thing, but... He, he is quite hypocritical in, in how he comes across. I mean, there was quite a few times, I think... Um, maybe last season when we're winning games and we're kind of, you know, wasting time doing all the usual stuff. And I think, you know, he must know he's he's being like it, but sometimes he comes out with stuff. You think, well, you, you know, he was saying about, um, I think the Cowley brothers and they'd never played a game of football. They were constantly in the fourth official's ear. Well, I, sta- I stand behind Barton on the, on the touchline every Saturday and he is constantly at the fourth official. So no, it, it's, you no, know, not yeah, it's true. It's true. And so, yeah, it, you know, he's like, come on. Come on, Joey. Not fooling anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max, one thing that I thought was interesting last night is that Collins was back at false nine for this one. Uh, sort of the first time we've seen it this season, obviously, is where he played all of last season, pretty much. Um, do you think that's something that Barton might try and go back to for a little bit in search of a bit of the fluency that we seem to have lost? Because I think Collins playing that role was quite a big part of that last season. And we've been a bit, uh, well, quite stuttery in our play this season, not really got clicking as of yet. Do you think that's something you might go back to and see if that can reignite us a bit? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think, yeah, Marcus maybe isn't pressing like he wants or is just not really doing doing it um, at the minute. And just he's probably taking him out the side just to give Aaron Aaron another go um, in the false nine position because he can he knows he can perform there and he trusts him there. And I thought Collins had a good game, um, all things considered. I thought he um, did some really good link up with Trevor Clark. Um, he uh, he did his best in difficult circumstances and um, you know even against Morecambe, I think he was unlucky lucky to get a hat not to get a hat trick and came away with zero goals. You know um, the fact that he hit the post on however many seconds it was from kickoff should have had a clear penalty and then later on hit the post again. It was um, yeah, frustrating, uh, that, that, but he is, uh, he's a quality player. And I've said it before, he just reminds me of Taylor, Matty Taylor. He's, he's, he's like a, a Taylor regen for me. And I think, I think, um, <laughs> I think he's got a little bit more, um, maybe a bit more loyalty <laughs> to, than, uh, than Taylor did. But I think he's, he's so similar in the way he plays. He's a very clever, clever um, number nine slash 10 hybrid Great footballing brain, great strike on him, left foot, right foot, surprisingly good in the air. Um, just a great, 
great lad to have around the place. And I, I, for me, I'd be starting him over Marcus every week just because I think he's our best striker, probably our best forward at the club. Um, he has been good out wide, but I think now we have got Jasper and um, McCormick who can play further out wide. I'd, I'd like to see him, yeah, again in that in that link up play role in number nine because yeah, we all know how well that worked last season, and yeah, no reason it can't work again. I think the thing for me with Marcus at the moment is that he, and we said this back in the summer, watching a little compilation of his goals uh, that he'd scored at Pompey and Lincoln. He's just a poacher. Like that is what he is. He's just going to stand in the box and tap stuff in from five yards out, like he did for his only goal so far. I think was the one at home, wasn't it against yep. Oxford, Oxford uh, yeah. where it was yeah played across to him and he tapped it into an empty net. I think that's what he is. And at the moment, we're not a side that's creating loads of chances like that for a striker. So he's kind of up there. Well, he has been up there on his own. He's getting service. It doesn't really suit him. You know, he's getting high balls pumped up to him. I think because he's six foot and over, people think that you can just lump it up to him and he's going to battle off these centre-backs and hold it up. And I just don't think that's his game. You know, we were told by the journalist for the, from the, um, the Pompey journalist back in the summer that if you want him to come in and be a target man and hold it up for you, you're barking up the wrong tree, basically. Like, that's not who he is. And I feel like at the moment, we're just not playing in a way that suits having someone up there who can just do that. Whereas Colin's obviously got much more to his all round game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree. I would like to see Collins give it another run back there and just see if it can get us clicking a bit going forward, to be honest, because it is very, yeah, it's just not really working at the moment. Um, will it? So, obviously, like we said, first goal last night, class move. Second goal, another one of those long-range deflections like away at Barnsley where they smack it from 25-odd yards and it flies in. Obviously, like we've said, we are um, up against it a little bit in these games anyway. But do you think as well, we're just not really getting the rub of the green at times in moments like that? You know, stuff's just flying in that ordinarily doesn't really. It, it was a weird one, that, because at first, at first I didn't see the deflection. I just I assumed that that was the case because I thought, well, Bilsho's not normally caught out with that kind of... He seemed like nowhere near it, so he must have been wrong-footed. But it's a bit... It was it was a strange kind of shot. I'm not sure who it deflected off of. It might have been Alfie, possibly. But I, I, I just... I wondered that whoever that was should have been a bit more ready for the shot coming at them. Like it, it's happened a couple of times where it's just flicked off someone. I just feel like they need to be a bit more, you know, shots coming in. I need to absolutely make sure I get good contact on this. It wasn't like it was an absolute rocket. It, and, and again, like the Morecambe game, ball comes out to them. There's just no one within acres of space, you know, acres of space and yeah. pick your spot. And it's, I thought, you know, when it's a defle- if it's deflection close range, uh, you can kind of forgive that, but it's kind of come from a bit of distance. It's flicked off someone, gone in. I, I just think I think that's a bit poor, really. But yeah, we're just not quite getting the rubber to green on on things like that. I mean, could have deflected off and gone out for a corner, but no, <laughs> groups in the bottom corner. So yeah, yeah, a frustrating one. Um, so Max, just to kind of finish off on Ipswich then. Obviously, Rovers 2-0 down, going into the last few minutes, just as you think, you know, Anderson's gone off injured, just as you think the night can't get any worse, possibly can't get any worse. Um, Bobby Thomas and Kilgore both get sent off and turns what was, you know, a bad night into a pretty disastrous one. Um, yeah, stupid. Stupid. Um, from, from More from Kilgore than from Bobby Thomas. Bobby Thomas is one of those that I'm just looking at the ref like really is that is that a second yellow he had his first yellow about five minutes before didn't he um and then he just it was yeah he was kind of last man but it was so wide and defenders could have covered they both kind of went for it he pulled his shirt they both went down and yeah it's a foul is it a second yellow that soon after a first no I think the ref just you know the game's done it's two nil um, it just seems like it's just a job's worth kind of yellow. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get a second. It's a second yellow. Off you go. Like, I'm the ref. I've decided that's the second yellow. Just, it didn't need to happen, really. Um, I don't think it's a cardable offence, but there we go. Alfie's, yeah, I mean, there's already been a man sent off Alf. We're 2-0 down. There's about three minutes to go. Just let, let him score. Let him score. It really doesn't matter, like... Also, at that stage, Alf, you are the only fit and available centre-back yeah. for this Saturday's game, just so maybe just stay off. on the pitch. You know, yeah, just... it's, it's stupid. Um, I mean, yeah, even even Bobby, I'm kind of a bit like, yeah, 
did he need to? Could he have just let it go? I guess they're not really thinking to the next game. They're just thinking about the game they're in and can they try and win it? So I'm not going to be too critical, but it's just like, boys, you're the only two fit centre-backs. One of you getting sent off is bad. Both of you getting sent off is just inexcusable. You just let the guy score. I, th- I think it would have been a better result for us to lose 6-0 and then both be on the pitch than to have lost 2-0 and both of them be sent off because, you know, Bobby's missing one game. Alfie's missing what, two? Or is it one he misses? Um, no, it's, I don't even know. Like, I think yeah, it's only sure. one, but I'm not 100% sure. It was a straight red, so I don't know if it's a two game. It wasn't violent conduct though, was it? So, um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm With sure. Alfie, I, I, I do feel for Alfie a little bit because I I think the stakes are quite high for him. I think he knows that you know, if Connolly comes back, if Gibson comes back, he's probably out of the team. And I thought last night, for the most part, he did okay. I thought he he just looked so nervous. I mean, a lot of his passing was very kind of slow. He just wasn't, you could just tell he's just trying to not make a mistake. And then he finally makes a, an absolute shocker. <laughs> and I think whilst it, you know, logically, fine, let, you know, let, let the striker test his ability against Belshaw. You know, he's on an angle as well and you, you could let him run through but uh, you know thinking thinking about how Alfie might approach it he's thinking this is not good for me if I let him run through and score I, you know Barton being the kind of character is I'm probably on the bench for the next for the whole season you know I'm probably never getting another chance so I, I could maybe understand why he was desperate to maybe recover that that incident given that he'd had a pretty mistake free sort of game to then make one, he probably just in panic. So I could kind of understand it. Still, still silly, silly challenge. Don't make the challenge, but um, I, you know, I'll give him, I'll give him a benefit of the doubt. I think. I think as well with Kilgore. Obviously, he pretty much played no part in last season because of the injury. So he, I know we're a few games in now, and he's played most of them. But he must be pretty rusty still it was a long time he was at the game he wasn't part of that whole wave of momentum in the second half of last season that carried us obviously to promotion he's sort of starting this season from a standing start almost in a higher league against tough opposition don't get me wrong style of centre-back he is I don't think he's suited for how we want to play at all in a way because if we do want to carry on pressing then the defenders has got to press up with the rest of the team and that the line's got to be quite high and if anything gets played over the top of Kilgore I'm always a little bit fearful because he's not the quickest he can't turn that quickly on the ball as well if we want to play out from the back I'm not sure he's particularly great at doing that but I, I do think like you said that he is in a yeah is in a difficult spot as well obviously not helped by what happened last night it was yeah it was it was stupid but yeah I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes with him um Anyway, let's move on to the Lincoln game then. So, I mean, as we've said, really, if we're going to kind of write off games like last night, write off games like Pompey, games like this, I I mean, they're not must win at this stage, but Max, I mean, these are huge, huge games, aren't they? We've got to start picking up wins at home to sides around who we expect to be around us. Otherwise, we are really going to be in trouble, aren't we? Yeah, well, you need to start winning games. We've only got two wins out of eight. It's it's an under we've underperformed. You know, with the two home games we've just had, we should have at least had four points, and we came away with two. Um, yeah, very frustrating. But that's why Barton came away after those games and was like, "Oh, I've got to be happy with a point at home against Morecambe because of how the game went, where we went behind twice and came back twice." But then I'm thinking, should have gone down twice. Yeah, but mate, look at the away games coming up. We're going to lose them, <laughs> so you can't you can't be happy with a point at home yeah. to Morecambe. The, yeah. These are the kind of games where. You know, we talked about when when will the pressure you know be put on Barton? These are the games that if if we start slipping up against teams like this as well, it won't take too many. We know how quickly things yeah, can change. It can football. deteriorate quite quickly, can't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. uh, particularly at home. If you know, if we don't get at least a good performance, if you know, we you know, end up with a draw but absolutely battered, and then then I think people, you know fans could understand. But we got we got. We've got to get three points, I think, Saturday. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's Morecambe. I, I thought there was a lot of disgruntled faces and coming out and everyone was like, oh, bloody Rovers. That was that was shit, wasn't it? And I, for me, I didn't think we were... I thought we were good. I thought we were good. We played well against Morecambe. It was just a... Yeah, it was a stupid not to close the man down, but it was a screamer. That shot goes in one every 20 times. Um, and yeah, the, the set, their second goal was a good breakaway. I won't deny that and a great finish. But 
you know, when when you, when Collins misses a one-on-one, he hits the post, he should have had a penalty. We created umpteen other chances and we've only scored two out of about probably 10 good chances, I would say. It's not much you can really complain about there. It was just like, it just felt for me like it's just one of those games. Just just one of those games just didn't come off for us. And um, so long as we, let, we do that, we play like that, we're fine. And I look back to the last time we were in League One, um, we were so labouring for any kind of chance, home or away. It was just so stagnant. We had no creativity or impetus about us. But looking at the players we've got, um, Evans, McCormick, um, Collins, Anderson, you know, I'm I'm pretty chill with it. And um, I know you're saying that it needs to happen fast. And yeah, it does. But there's, there's what, 38 games to go? 39 games to go? It's, it's still a long season. And yeah, they've got to come. I'm not saying that in three, four games time, if we've still got no wins, that's going to be at all acceptable. But um, yeah, it, it is a long season and we have had a, a difficult start with some fixtures and tripped up in the ones we should have won. But um, we've got more than enough chances to put that right in the coming month, I think. I think the thing that concerns me a little bit is if you look at the fixture list, it is very much split into two halves in that up until Christmas now, pretty much all our winnable home games are between the start of the season and Christmas. Like obviously we've had Forest Green, um, Oxford, who have Morecambe, Shrewsbury, we've got Lincoln now. If you look at it, I don't know how this has fallen like this, but pretty much all the teams I expect to be probably mid-table to bottom half is between now and December. And after December, all the home games are against Pompey, Barnsley, Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, da 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 which yeah. are going to be home games which... I mean, are we going to write those off as well? Because at Christmas, if we're struggling because we've not won these winnable home games in the first half, are we just going to roll over when Pompey comes to the Mem and Sheffield Wednesday comes to the Mem? And then, okay, you'll have the easier away games in the second half of the season, but away games aren't easy, like regardless of who they're against. All right, we've smashed Burton, but they had 10 men for the entire match. So I'm just... I always feel... Yeah, Sorry, Ollie. Sorry, sorry, Ali. Um, yeah, I always feel like at home it is slightly different. I always feel like when teams come to us, no matter who it is, like we should we should be able to certainly not write them off. I'd always give us a chance, I think, to pick up points at home. Um, but yeah, you're you know, you're right. It, it, we can't we certainly can't be in that sort of mentality where you're thinking, well, it's Ipswich, so we you know we should just get beat anyway. But I think at home it's different. But you're right, it, it's you know, we don't want to leave too many of those games where we're desperate for points. Yeah. But I, I, I think, yeah, we have got a lot of tough home games after Christmas, but our away form last season was great. We, we got a lot of wins on the road and there's no reason we can't go to Cambridge, to Morecambe, to Cheltenham, to to all of them, Shrewsbury, and, and get wins. We have to, really. Um, you know, they're not going to come as often as, as they did last year. Obviously, when we finished third, we're probably going to finish somewhere between... 14th and 18th, maybe lower, but um, hopefully not. But yeah, when that's the case, I think it's a hard adjustment period when you're used to winning a large percentage of games home and away to then come to a tougher league where you are realistically going to finish bottom half and realise just how few wins you actually get when you're in the bottom half of the table. I think like when we when we finished bottom half for a couple of seasons under Coughlin, under Garner, sorry, and before that under Coughlin, I think we had like 12 wins, 13 wins a season, which is not a lot. Like that's, what's that? A quarter of your games are wins. So yeah, we, we do need to step it up for sure. Um, and obviously strive for higher, but yeah, we do need to take into account that, that it's, it is a big adjustment when you're used to winning so much to, to then it being, you know, up against it. Yeah. All right, will it? The, the ultimate test. Let's have your lineup for Saturday. I, I I knew this was coming, and I, I just thought I can't. I just not even sure where I start. Well, I'll start with Belshall. Um, uh, back four. Uh, let's have your back four. Okay, yeah, all right. Let's have. Um, obviously, we'll have Gordon at left back. Um, I mean, you're probably then looking at. Uh, was Rossiter on the bench yesterday? He Don't was, think so. No. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like Coots could go centre half or Whelan might go centre half because they've sort of played there before. So I might go Coots. I think Coots has got centre half written all over him for a t- you know emergency CB. So I think I'll go with Gordon Coots. 
maybe 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 we just go with three at the back and just have um just because there's not enough to do four just, just not stick three back there. just pile that we got enough midfielders whether whether they're fit or not who knows but um i'll probably go with that as the back and then you know just fill just pack the midfield for the players who can keep the ball um but I think I think we're definitely going to be trying to be on the front foot Saturday. We're not going to be wanting to try and soak up any pressure. So uh, race to a three-goal lead, please, and uh, we'll we'll take our chances there. I think. Max, you love a lineup. What what would you play Saturday? Uh, belly and goal. Um, I think it's, we can't even play Harry Anderson at right back, can we? He's broken his toe. Um, I, I can see us playing some kind of back three, maybe, but. I don't know. We'll stick with the back four. Um, the only problem is who goes where. Um, I'm going to go who right back. No, because then who goes centre back? <laughs> um, it's, yeah. Let me have a think. Got a youth a kid anywhere? Youth let kid? Look. Let me have a look. Give me a second. Josh Egan, what's he up to these days? He yeah, came he's on a in a for about game. 10 years. <laughs> One of those next, next, uh, next big things who just... He's yeah. always the next He's big 27, thing, and, but... and then he retires. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go Shaw in goal, uh, Gordon right back, Trevor Clark left back, and then Luca Hall and Paul Coots at centre back. Midfield three of Evans, Finley, McCormick, and then front three of um, Marquis, Collins, and Jasper. That, ba- that back That's four sure. is absolutely terrible. Do you want to do you want to have a go at something more feasible, mate? No, I don't. <laughs> no, we could, I, have, we could have Saunders at, at uh, right back. He does like a, a winger at, at fullback, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I have no idea what he's going to do on Saturday. Honestly, I could see it maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if he put Hall right back, someone left back, either Clark or Gordon, then played Coots and Whelan as a oh, centre partnership. It. I love it. Do it. I'm all on board oh. for that. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. Just put the old, the two old boys yes. at the back. Mm. Uh, just no pace, zero pace. We cannot press because they're going to just knock it in behind Glenn and we're going to be absolutely fucked. But just sit back and just let those two boys boss it. And yeah. Cross our fingers and hope for the best. I think. So, do, do we know the status of Gibson? Like, do we know? I haven't heard or read anything about him. Is it because it might just be he just comes back? Like, yeah, I don't know. Josh Grant no. might just pop in the team. Like, we don't ever seem to get these updates very often. We never have, to be fair. Yeah, but, he's, um, he's very, very. It's gone very coy on the uh, the injuries, hasn't it? Really, mm. he's some of them, like yeah. you said, just disappear. You don't hear anything, and then they'll just pop up the next game, or they'll yeah. be out for. Yeah, no, I have no idea what's going on with Gibson. To be to be honest, um, all right, let's have some score predictions then. So we'll come to you first, Max. Give me your score prediction for Lincoln. I'm on mute. Sorry, um, I'm going to go. One one, another draw. Well, let um, I'll go two one Rovers. Lovely, very Neans. positive. Neans, Neans. Pure, purely because of the defence, I would say. I'll go. I'll go for a opt, overly optimistic one all. That's a purely heart decision. Head. Probably 2-1 loss, maybe, something like that. I just, I have really, really bad feelings about Saturday. I just think, you know, talk about a makeshift back four. It's just going to be four players who have never, ever played together, would never dream of playing together in a back four. And they're suddenly going to get chucked together when we're on a bad run anyway. I just, I just have no good feelings about gas. Saturday. <laughs> you're getting more positive as I'm getting more negative. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to balance me out here. Yeah, yeah. No, it just it just reeks of like this is gonna be a disaster, and then we're just gonna score two early goals and then get a third, and it's just gonna be a romp. No, we're gonna yeah. lose. All right, well, let's uh, yeah, let's hope they can prove me wrong. Um, let's end then with a little bit of club rebrand chat, something yeah. a bit more upbeat, maybe. Um, so as we all saw. Rovers announced last week that they're going to look into the badge, which is 
has been used for 25 years now. Um, so lots have changed over that 25 year period, not only for the club, but also in wider society. And now feels like the right time to work with you, the supporters, to review this and see if we can make any improvements or changes to better represent the club. So Willett had a question from Paul Jenkins on Twitter, who says, how do you feel about the possible club rebrand? Um, I, I'm open to a look at the brand. I think that's kind of, you know, the owners have been in charge now for, you know, for a few years and it's kind of expected that that, that would happen. I'm, I'm a big fan of the badge. I think it's, it's very unique. You know, and we've seen so many generic badges like Bristol City being one, you know, looks like Brentford's badge, looks like a, you know, the classic circle with the ring. You know, it just, it's, I, I would be gutted if we go down that route. Um, I hope they don't make any references to like the gas or anything like that, because I think that needs to remain as our sort of unofficial nickname. You know, that kind of works mm. for us. That's what that's a unique part of us as well. Is that oh, we're called the gas, but we're not really, you know. So I think I th- I'm open to it, but I'd also hope that if it turns out they release it and everyone's against it, I'd hope that they just revert revert back. Um, I hope they don't just stick with a terrible, terrible uh, badge, but. We'll see. I, I'm like I say, I'm I'm open to change. So I'm, um, you know, but I'm cautious about you it. Remember when Leeds did that a few years back? Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the Mr. Muscle. Yeah. yeah that was funny. Was absolutely awful that badge. <laughs> but Pretty then within badge. A, two, a few days, because of the backlash they had reversed it and gone back to the old one. So yeah. it looks like if yeah. you if you like clip art the word like strongman logo or something and then just put <laughs> Leeds United text over the top of it. Yeah. It was bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah, it was awful. Um, so Max, yeah. How are you how how do you feel about that? So if I sort of paint a picture in my mind and the minds of all the listeners Ooh. of your perfect modern Bristol Rovers club badge. Okay. Um, I am a big fan of the squares that we used to have, the two squares, the retro badge. I think we could definitely do something with that. Maybe um, flip it so it's uh, two diamonds, one on top of each, another or side by side, kind of like the Aria logo um, or vertically. And um, I'd like to see um, some kind of pirate reference in one and then um, just like a silhouette of um, get the gas works on the bottom one um, and then keep the blue, white and black with a bit of yellow in there as well and an updated font. Something like that could be really nice. Um, I, I think it's, it's good that we're looking into this and I know that the overwhelming majority want to keep our current badge. Um, but I think there's no harm in hiring like some of the top, top, uh, graphic designers in the country, like really spend some good money on it and see what they can do. Um, see what ideas fans have, see what they can do. Cause there's some clever people out there who, who will probably come up with ideas that none of us, they do it for a job. So like they come up with stuff we, we haven't even thought of and, um, could create something that looks really nice, really unique and really kind of symbolizes the club um and then yeah present it to the fans if, if fans don't want that and it's not the direction we want to go in as a club then we don't have to go there but at least we've explored it because it's been a good what how long did they say since we last changed our badge 25 years or something yeah um so there's no harm in it and yeah i think it's i think it's good even just even if they'd like touched up the current current badge and like modernized it a bit and changed the font and and just sharpened the edges and and maybe changed the pose of the pirate a bit it could look nice um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely work that could be done to improve it, but obviously there's no obligation to, to follow through after we've kind of gone through that design process. So yeah, I'm excited to see what the club come up with, to be honest. It's, um, yeah, it's a big part of our identity. And, um, if we find something that the club and the fan base actually say, you know what, that's actually really nice. And that really symbolizes the club then yeah, worth exploring for sure. I think part of me thinks I, I like the badge and I like, I like how unique it is, like you said, will it, but the the whole pirate thing, like, I don't think in my 29 years as Gasset, I've ever referred to us as the pirates. And I don't yeah. think I ever will. And I don't, I don't know of any of my mates like you lot. I don't think I've ever heard you call us the pirates. And I just feel like it's a little bit of an, not an outdated thing, because I think that is always going to remain our official club nickname. And the gas is what everyone actually calls us, you know, like you said, but I feel like the pirate thing is just a little bit, outdated really i don't know if people used to call us the pirates you know back in the day but it certainly isn't something that you really hear around the mem or you know at any games now 
And I know people have suggested maybe get rid of the pirate and get a skull and crossbones in there instead, kind of like a St. Pauli thing. That seems to be a bit of a modern thing. Everyone's likes wearing the St. Pauli stuff because of the skull and crossbones. So I could kind of see that if they want to make it sort of wider appealing or whatever. But I don't know. The whole pirate thing maybe is a little bit stuck in the past, potentially. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I think Ledbury Dan is the man for this job. I think oh, yeah. He, I think he'd come up with something absolutely amazing <laughs> off his uh off his little montage thing he's got um yeah i don't know i'm interested to see what they come up with like you said have you every review two been sent the um been sent the form to work through and have you completed it yep yeah i i, I completed it and just kind of kind of said what i said here really just you know i'm open to change guys but uh be careful you know that's <laughs> that's pretty much what i said i think uh I probably thought it's a really that's a weird thing to say um, but yeah, you know, like, like you said, we'll, we'll, you know, open to change and we'll just, um, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah. Lovely. All right. So I think we will leave it there. Um, and we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks time. So thank you for the questions, everyone, and for listening. And we have an interview with Jeff Twentyman coming soon, um, which we did at the Sporty with the big man. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was uh, it was probably about one hour, 40 minutes long or something. We had him for a good period of time. So it is a lengthy one, but I, it is worth listening to. I promise it is. Uh, yeah. Some of the stories from back in the day are absolutely amazing. And I've not heard him sort of say them anywhere else. So there's some really good stuff in there. So we will be uh, releasing that once I can be bothered to sit through it and edit it all. Because, uh, yeah, it's going to be a job. But um, once that's out, yeah, go and have a listen to that one. And we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks' time. So until then, up the gas. The gas. Up the gas.